What is up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the 3ND Podcast. I'm Mark King, flying solo today. Uh, Joe Walters is taking the day off because this is our first episode of our 3ND Podcast preview episode. We're going to have these all year with all kinds of different writers and podcast hosts from all kinds of different uh, sites talking about the upcoming matchups for the Grizzlies. And our first one is for the Pelicans coming up on Wednesday night. And I have with me here two awesome guys. I have Preston Ellis, the podcast host for the Bird Rights, and Ollie Cosell, the editor-in-chief for the Bird Rights, SB Nation's uh, blog for the Pelicans. What's going on, guys? I got to be honest. That music is putting me in the mood. I'm feeling salty. How about you, Ollie? Man, I was just thinking Preston we, Preston needs some help picking music for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we we can arrange that. We can arrange it. But first, I want right, to cool, I wanna perfect, get to I want to get to a few things today, guys. Uh we have a a, a really big matchup coming up, uh, obviously uh, opener for the Grizzlies. And so, uh the first thing I have to ask you guys and and we'll just start with uh Preston first and then we'll go to Ollie next is the first thing I have to ask is how in the hell are the Grizzlies going to stop Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, or do you not stop them and it just doesn't matter and they just get what they get? Well, luckily, uh, I'm glad we're we're starting with me. I, I should be a little nervous at the prospect, but I've listened to Ali talk enough throughout this summer that I can probably give answers pretty close to what I think he would give them. I, I can, for one, say that Jamichael Green does do a pretty admirable job on Anthony Davis in their contest last March. It was actually DeMarcus Cousins who blew up and kind of ran away with that game for us. He put up 41 and 16 on Marcus Saul. It was probably uh, one of the better performances he's had against Marcus Saul. I've heard uh, Ali say in the past that in Sacramento, uh, Boogie struggled against Mark, but I, I think these guys are going to get their buckets, and it's it's not Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins you guys need to worry about. Those guys consistently uh, put up 29-11 and 24-12 respectively last year, and you can pretty much bank that both these guys are going to get 20 points in some fashion or other, whether it be at the line or whether uh, DeMarcus stretches out to the three, which he averaged about 36 last year. Don't don't be surprised if you see him out there uh, at the top of the key trailing uh, in transition. But uh, one thing that that we don't know uh, what to expect from is where the rest of the points are going to are going to come from. We're going to get uh, somewhere between 40 and 60 in all likelihood from these guys. And then we're hoping we're going to get somewhere around 18 from our uh, now 30 million uh, a year man, Drew Holiday, who now is our most expensive player over DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. And then you've got a you've got a group of uh, of misfits and each one more who's making eight and a half million a year. We don't know what to expect from him. Uh, I heard Michael McNamara of Bourbon Street Shot say today that 36 games last year he scored under 10 points and 36 games he scored uh, somewhere between 10 and 18 points. So he's going to be somewhere in the middle. We're going to need production from him. We're going to need production from Ian Clark, from Darius Miller. He didn't show us a lot in the preseason, but uh, he's here to knock down the three. So he better do it on Wednesday if we want any uh, chance of winning, but I'll, I'll throw it over to Ali. Um, I, I don't think you guys need to be worried about Anthony and Boogie. You know what they're going to do. They're top 20 players. Anthony Davis got his first nod on the all-defensive team, second team last year. So you know these guys are going to play well. Uh, just sit back and relax and just expect the rest of your role players to to sort of roll over our role players. What do you think, Ollie? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I'm not too worried about the stars. And even though Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins haven't had the greatest of scoring averages, shooting percentiles against against this Memphis team for the last, like, five, six years. Um, the biggest thing to watch is it's two different teams. In essence, you've got DeMarcus and Boogie, 
who I don't know if, Mark, you got a chance to watch, but the Pelicans, when they were on this preseason, those two guys just dominated the floor. They can dribble in from the three-point line, catch it anywhere in between or at the hoop. And what they did is they abused uh, the Bulls in particular down in the paint. And if they weren't um, scoring, they were going to the free throw line. And I think Anthony Davis set a franchise record, 23 free throw attempts, and almost all of them came in just two quarters. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. We know, we know that all these guys, Mark, is all going to get theirs, but I'm curious if anybody's going to put somebody in foul trouble. Um, that could be pretty much a determining factor. If we could say foul out, or I'm sorry, excuse me, get either Mark Starr or Jermichael Green in foul trouble, that would be huge because suddenly somebody lesser off the bench is going to have to guard one of our two studs and vice versa. It could work alternatively as to where I could see Mark Gasol getting Cousins, you know, quick three fouls. So I honestly think that's going to be one of the keys of the game I'm going to be watching. These guys should put up the points, but with what I've seen in preseason with how the teams both want to push the uh, pace and the fact that Cousins and AD in particular for the Pelicans are trying to initiate a lot of the offense, be aggressive, uh, almost act like guards masquerading as seven-footers, or excuse me, seven-footers masquerading as guards, um, that could really honestly lead to some interesting things, like I said, mentioning the fouls in that first quarter. And just to continue on what Ali just said, uh, Boogie averaged 4.8 fouls per game with the Pelicans limiting him to 30 minutes per game on average. So if you can get two quick, easy fouls out of Boogie, that takes him off the floor for most of the first half. And uh, that's another way you guys can take advantage of the Pelicans. And it's something that we uh, got often used to last season uh, in the 24 games we had him uh, in New Orleans for. Yeah, I think you guys both bring up really good points. Uh, you know, Jermichael Green is the type of guy who – who really struggles to play defense with his hands and really struggles to uh, move his feet laterally. So, you know, he, he's the type of guy that you would, you know, kind of like DeMarcus Cousins. He could get a he could get a, thrick, a quick three fouls and then be off the off the court for the first half. So I think you guys bring up really good points about who we should, you know, how they should be playing uh, defensively and looking to get uh, those guys in foul trouble, and you know, for, for either team and how they can kind of get um, offense by subtraction, if you will. Uh, or excuse me, defense by subtraction. Um, I want to move on. I want to talk about the off season for you guys a little bit. Uh, and obviously, the Grizzlies follow the Grizzlies fans follow the Grizzlies for a reason. And Ollie, why don't you, if you will, just kind of walk me through what uh, what the Pelicans did in the off season, if they have any big you know, who who they acquired, just just so our guy our fans know have a, a sense of uh, who they've added and what they can expect. Sure. Everything about this offseason for the Pelicans was re-signing Drew Holiday because if they didn't, they would have had limited cap space anyways to go chase somebody else new. So, in essence, once they re-signed Drew Holiday, all they had to work with were their exceptions. So, there wasn't much money um, left over to go chase like even, like, you know, a C.J. Miles or a Nick Young, who they did try and get, and I heard they tried to give him, what was it, roughly about $5.4 million. Basically, it would have eaten up a lot of the mid non-taxpayers mid-level. Uh, luckily, they didn't get him, and they were able to spread that out with, among, was it about three or four different players. Um, the first person they added to the team, I think that was totally instrumental, but they kind of had a feeling they were going to sign him even before uh, free agency started, from what I heard from Anthony Davis' comments um, during training camp, was Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo was penciled into this roster, like I said, even before free agency. They knew that they wanted to move Drew Holiday off the ball. That's why Drew spent so much time last season playing alongside Tim Frazier, who honestly had no business being a starter in this league. Uh, he was a great story two years ago 
or two years ago for the Pelicans, but last year he really struggled. He just couldn't make a shot, and at his size, he had problems defending. But yet, they still had him play a lot of minutes alongside Drew Holiday in the starting lineup. So it's not a shock that Rajon Rondo was highly coveted uh, target for the Pelicans. And after that, they went after and signed Ian Clark from the Golden State uh, Warriors, who, you know, when free agency began, I don't know about you, Mark, but I heard that Clark could have almost gotten like something of a full MLE, um, you know. And considering we signed him just for one year to vet men, I mean, that shows an awful lot about how the market, you know, the, the force has completely changed. People just totally misread the situation. And it's true, a lot of players didn't get what they wanted. But yet, at a, at a minimum, coming off um, a championships uh, team where he proved he can score and in this kind of modern progressive offense, as you see now, where you want your scores to be able to cut, move without the ball, with the ball, and shoot from all sorts of ranges, Ian Clark can do all that. And for teams that are desperate for offenses, which are like pretty much everybody, I think it was a steal for the Pelicans. Um, and after Ian Clark, then they added Darius Miller, who a lot of people outside of New Orleans don't know about. He has played in Germany for the last two, two and a half years. Uh, he left New Orleans to go over there because he, he simply wasn't, you know, he had no place in, in the NBA. He was outmatched. He was kind of slow. He kind of didn't shoot well. He just kind of didn't do anything above average. So he went over there. He became really a premier shooter, and we have seen that this preseason. We're hoping we'll see other parts of the game develop. Uh, but right now the Pelicans are counting for him to provide a lot of that scoring deep threats from off the bench. Um, and then after those three guys, well, we drafted, what was it, Frank Jackson. We signed a couple of two-way contracts who are actually going to be on that opening day roster, uh, Mark, because of all the Pelicans injuries. Jalen Jones and Charles Cook are – we hope they don't see any minutes. That means either, uh, well, let's say if it's garbage time, then they're going to get in and, hey, Pelicans are winning big, but probably not going to happen. But Jalen Jones and Charles Cook are two guys that the Pelicans are high on. But, again, if, if they're seeing time in that first game, that doesn't bode well for what happens with uh, for what's happening in that game. Um, am I missing anybody? Oh, oh duh, Tony Allen. <laughs> How could I skip <laughs> over him? I was just about you know, to ask Mark, you about Tony Allen. I've been Allen. thinking that Tony Allen can honestly be a big piece, and a lot of people in New Orleans think he can, especially with Solomon Hill going down. But from your comments and everything I've heard from Alvin Gentry and even in the preseason games, Tony Allen doesn't look like he's headed for a big role. Now, he did admit to us that he's kind of out of shape, that he still has a ways to go before he gets into that what did he call first-team all-defensive type shape. So maybe that's what's holding him back. I don't know, but I'm not, you know, I don't know what to expect from Tony. I was really high when they first signed him, but now he doesn't look like he's headed for a big role. So we'll see. I just don't know how much he's going to contribute. Again, we're talking with uh, Ollie Cassell and Preston Ellis from the Bird Rights. Uh, you you kind of saved me a, a question there with Tony Allen. I was going to ask you about him and what uh, he's kind of been doing down there and what his role will be, but uh, – Again, you saved me a question, so let's skip that. But you mentioned Ian Clark, and I want to kind of talk about Ian Clark a little bit. Actually, another Memphis guy uh, played high school ball here. And so um, Ian Clark is, is like, like you said, a guy that I think the, the market really fell out from under him, kind of like Jamaica Green. Um, everybody thought the market was going to be one thing at the beginning of the year uh, because of the updated uh, cap, and so, it, but then it didn't. Everything kind of fell out from under everybody uh, once those first two – uh, three top agents, uh, free agents kind of win, and everything just kind of fell out after that. Um, but Ian Clark, like you said, is a guy that can do a lot of things and can shoot the ball really well. 
Um, what kind of role do you think he has? Do you think he, do you think he has a, an expanded role in this Pelicans team? Uh, I'll start off with this one, Ollie. Ian Clark is kind of in a position where he's uh, he's tied with Jordan Crawford kind of as our spark plug off the bench. Uh, that's going to be his role going forward. Uh, obviously, in the next month or so, while Rajon Rondo is covering from surgery from his sports hernia that he suffered in the second game, uh, or third game against the Bulls, rather, uh, some at some point in the first half, he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. And uh, there's going to be a lot of tinkering and a lot of experimenting with that starting lineup. And we can probably expect about uh, 15 to 20 minutes a game from some version of either Ian Clark or Jordan Crawford, where these guys are just coming off the bench and we're just going to ask them to to put the ball in the net because that's what they do. That's what they specialize in. Ian Clark scored 36 points in a game last year. So one thing that we do like from him and from Jordan Crawford is their aggressiveness. Now they have different styles of aggressiveness. Um, Ian Clark just wants to put the ball up. Jordan Crawford has a bit more vision from what I saw in the games he played in New Orleans last year. Those those gorgeous highlight uh, lob dunks that you see Anthony Davis slamming home. He didn't get a lot of those last year until we added Jordan Crawford and uh, Boogie Cousins. But with that being said, we can probably expect to see a bit more from Ian Clark. Uh, he'll He'll start off those bench units for us. And uh, like I said, we're just going to ask him to attack. It's going to depend upon uh, who he's paired next to. If he's paired next to Etwan more, you can expect every time he gets the ball to try to find his way to the hoop. If you see him next to Drew Holiday, uh, you're going to see those guys supplement each other, uh, pretty much taking turns, getting the ball to the big guys and kind of just uh, doing some off-ball action, sitting up at the three-point line in the corners, uh, running behind screens and trying to get to the hoop uh, any way they can, spacing the floor for whoever is on the floor with them, some version of Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins or or both. Um, but something I wanted to touch upon uh, to your previous question, if you don't mind, is um, there were, there was a lot of uh, uncertainty this offseason. We ended up with these players like Ian Clark, Tony Allen, Rajon Rondo, Darius Miller, and Frank Jackson. Ali's exactly right that Rajon Rondo was somebody that we targeted. Uh, they flew out to Kentucky to his house to meet with him. But uh, what we forgot to mention was guys like Nick Young, Ty Lawson. We mentioned CJ Miles, Reggie Jackson. We were even uh, said to be involved in the Carmelo trade. So all of these pieces in New Orleans are still evolving. We, we still don't know exactly where they're going to fit, much like how you guys are, are, you know, figuring in Mario Chalmers and Andrew Harrison into your lineups now with Wade Baldwin uh, being out of town and uh, somebody that the Pelicans could even look to pick up. But we are so hamstrung against the dead cap with the Drew Holiday incentive latent contract. But uh, just, to, just to summarize your question, Ian, Clark, you can expect him to be aggressive. You can expect him to, to try to get his shot off. And initially in this game, you can expect him to probably start off the bench unit. Yeah, I, I yeah, really... I want, all I want to add, Preston, that was good. All I want to add is that a lot of Pelicans fans, Mark, are very high on Etwan Moore. Um, Pelicans signed him last year out of Chicago. He came off a season where he blistered the three-point uh, line. And he didn't do as well last year for the Pelicans. And everybody wrote it off as the Injury, and he did. He had some kind of foot issues, and he, I think he had something else, too, at some point crop up during the season. But coming into this year, I am sky high on Ian Clark. That's where I feel like he's a dark horse candidate um, to be the sixth man for this team, for New Orleans. Um, so much so that I think he's going to see at least 20 minutes a game, maybe even closer to 25, and at least in the beginning, because with as uh, – as Preston mentioned, Rajon Rondo's out, so they're going to have to try and fill in those minutes on top of Solomon Hill being out. So I'm expecting really big things. And, and, and as I mentioned, I think Ian Clark fits to a T with what the Pelicans are going to try and do, and that's 
to kind of create a ball player movement offense that you saw out of Denver Nuggets last year. Chris Finch was brought in for one reason, and it's not just to make DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis work, but it's to get this team to not be so reliant on a point guard, not to be so reliant on one player breaking down a man. The Pelicans were really bad last year, Mark, at making the offense move. Almost every time down the floor, once you got in the half court set, you had at a minimum two guys just literally standing throughout an entire possession. Uh, they even earned nicknames, Dante Cunningham and Solomon Hill. They were the corner boys. Uh, and it was kind of disgusting to see because there were a lot of opportunities for cuts and their, and or you would see, notice uh, their defenders, their assignments. They would just cheat all the time in the middle, crash on AD or DeMarcus. So I'm expecting Ian Clark to be kind of at the forefront of the change that we're going to see out of the Pelicans offense, which is going to be spearheaded by the new assistant coach, Chris Finch. Yeah, you guys have a lot of uh, a, a lot of things to figure out. Much like you said, much like the Grizzlies have a lot to figure out going into this into these first games, the Pelicans do as well. There's there seems to be a lot of moving pieces. So the, I kind of want to walk into that next uh, next part of exactly game action. Uh, what what does a rotation look like for you guys? Just from starters and then uh, the bench players. And what what does your full nine ten man rotation look like? On Preston, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, Ollie's our expert. I'm going to do my best. Ollie, uh, mop up what I mess up. Um, so uh, something Kawhi Leonard said last year uh, was that continuity breeds success. And the Pelicans aren't going to have a lot of that, especially coming out of the gate. We're going to have a lot of experimentation. So I'm not even sure exactly who we're going to see. We're going to see some form of a starting lineup that features probably Drew Holiday and Etwan Moore, and then Dante Cunningham at the three, and then obviously AD and DeMarcus Cousins. And we're going to expect to see a lot of point boogie because Drew Holiday this offseason, the entire thing they've been preaching to him is just be aggressive. Don't worry about setting up the big guys. Just find your shot, play your game, cut behind the rim, jack up three-pointers, do whatever you need to do to feel comfortable and put points on the board. So we're not going to really have a traditional point guard uh, really on the roster at all at this point with Rajon Rondo and Frank Jackson both out for the foreseeable future. And then after them, you're going to see some version of, uh, like we said earlier, Ian Clark and Jordan Crawford. Those guys are just going to come in and be aggressive and just take shots and and score points. Uh, Neither of them are known for their defense, obviously. So these are guys who are just going to have to use their offensive awareness and just rely on the big guys behind them, like Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins. And uh, a newcomer who you probably might not recognize is Czech Diallo. He's a second-year guy. We traded two second-round picks to get him last year and he was extremely successful in summer leagues uh uh, great moves. I, I can't compare him to Akeem Olajuwon, but just nimble-footed, very athletic, uh, very active. But again, he's another guy who struggles defensively, and that's just something he's going to have to figure out because he's only been playing uh, competitive basketball, I think, for about four years at this point. So he's still in discovery mode. He's somebody that we think is going to be a great player. But if you see him on the court, expect your big guys to take advantage of him uh, when he's on the defensive side of the floor. And then I get super nervous about our backup bigs because at the five, we have Omar Ashik, who's suffering from Crohn's disease and is not playing uh, possibly at all this year. And then you've got Alexis Agensa, who we're giving $5 million a year to just get fouls. Uh, you can expect him to hit the hit the court and get two fouls before he even tucks in his jersey. Um, so there's, there's going to be some trouble spots there. We're hoping that Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, some version of them, can always be at the five. But like we said earlier, DeMarcus Cousins is often in foul trouble. And it might be a scenario where Anthony Davis is 
forced to play more than he naturally would want to, or where Chick Diallo is moved to the five, and we see Dante Cunningham at the four. I don't know if I mentioned everybody. Let's throw it over to Ollie. Yeah, just you, you pretty much nailed it. The one thing I want to mention is Alexia Jensa. I don't know if you knew this, Preston, but he's right now currently listed inactive. So oh, the wow. Pelicans are going to roll with Sheik Diallo. Um, if, God forbid, if DeMarcus Cousins or AD get in serious foul trouble, but then it's going to be just Dante Cunningham and Sheik Diallo, the guy who's raw as raw can be, uh, holding down the fort. So that's going to be really interesting. And to answer your question, Mark, I think the Pelicans are going to roll with a nine-man rotation. And that's where Preston's kind of higher on Jordan Crawford. I'm not. I think that last ninth position is going to either be Crawford or Tony Allen. It's all going to be based on how the game's going. Do the Pelicans need Jordan Crawford's offense because everybody else is really kind of in a slump, just can't make anything? Or are we going to need the defense out there? And they'll summon Tony Allen off the bench. But from what I've seen during preseason game, Gentry seems to have really tightened up his core rotation. So I think one of those guys may be sitting out. And he'll just roll with nine guys, as Preston mentioned, was at the starters. And then you'll have Ian Clark off the bench and Sheik Diallo. The reason, and Miller, so sorry, Ali. The reason uh, I didn't mention Tony is one, because you said he was a little bit out of shape. And two, uh, Alvin Gentry was quoted this week as saying that he really doesn't expect to use too much of Tony Allen, except if another team's uh, perimeter scorer, you know, catches fire and starts knocking down threes. And then Tony Allen mm-hmm. will just be inserted just to slow that guy down. That could be somebody like a Mike Conley where Tony Allen could be matched up with him. But uh, at, at just at this juncture, um, we, we don't know what the rotations are going to be. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But what what did you find interesting is Jordan Crawford only played in two of the preseason games, and in one of them he didn't get into like almost garbage time. I think it was against OKC. So well, Ali, he's our he's our he's our secret weapon, Ali. I don't think we want other NBA teams to know that he uh, averaged forty three percent from three last year and scored double digits in twenty four of his twenty five games. Uh, so oh, the I Memphis Grizzlies don't know. <laughs> they don't know that they're supposed to be afraid of him. I think that's our uh, that's up our sleeve that we're saving for Wednesday night. Okay, well, I love what <laughs> well the secrets the secrets out now. That's for sure. Singing, and uh, I wish I could drink it. I wish it was the coolest. <laughs> and Mark, uh, mostly because I had him on the podcast months ago, and he's a wonderful human being. Uh, to me in fields she's probably not little sis and they're wonderful people so hope hope the best for those guys and uh hope hope he earns a big payday this year absolutely yeah i mean i'm all for guys getting paid that's for sure i mean if <laughs> if you're out there get money uh again we're talking with with press nellis and ollie cassell from the bird rights uh but last let's let's wrap this up guys here let's get your predictions on what the grizzlies pelicans will well, we'll be on Wednesday night. Uh, just get a score and kind of who you think the uh, the MVP, if you will, of the game will be. Hold uh, first, because I'll be I'll be the the grizzly hopeful Pelican hater. Um, <laughs> I think the Pelicans are going to fall in the grindhouse, or I'm sorry, I should say FedEx Forum, huh? No longer the grindhouse with 142 points scored the other night. Um, I say the Grizzlies beat them 110, 102, 108, 102, something in that range. They'll surpass 100 points, and they'll win comfortably enough as to where it's not going to go down to a final shot or two. And the game's MVP will be Mike Conley. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair to say the Grizzlies uh, should win this one. They've got continuity on their side. They've got Mike Conley and Marcus All, who just played so well on Friday. Uh, that being said, I am a complete homer. I do this just because I love the Pelicans and I love New Orleans basketball, and so I want my guys to win. And so uh, I, I, there's nothing to support this, but I will say that the Pelicans will win 108 to 102 behind uh, stellar outputs from Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, and for at least one night. The ringer.com will stop trying to trade DeMarcus Cousins to Cleveland or Boston. That'll only happen for one night, and then they'll start trying to trade Marcus All back to the back to Boston. So well yeah, that's I, I for the record, I we've we've we we did this on you guys had me on your uh your previous show, which is uh, I really appreciate that and appreciate you guys coming on here. Um, but yeah, I think I think I said like ninety six, eighty nine, or something like that for the Grizzlies to win and for Marcus Gasol to be the MVP. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that on our podcast just uh, for continuity's sake, and I think that will probably hold up and and hopefully will hold up to be true. Uh, but we'll see. But again, uh, thank you guys for coming on, uh, Preston Ellis. So you can follow him on uh, Twitter at Preston Ellis and Olika Sell at Olika Sell as well. Those guys. Uh, Preston is a, is the podcast host for the bird rights. Ollie is editor in chief for the bird rights. So there's a lot of good stuff coming out of their, their blog over there. So, uh, every time we have a game with the Pelicans, we'll be here doing this. We'll be here talking with these guys. We're going to be learning as much information as we can about the enemy. So we know how to, uh, we know how to attack their, uh, their squad when it comes to game time. So again, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks Absolutely. so much, Mark. Thank you for having us, Mark. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we got three more contests this year, so we're gonna you're gonna be hearing from us again. Exactly. We have we have a few more, and so that's what uh, we'll, we'll do. It. We'll do it three more times. We'll have a good time every time. Hopefully, uh, the Grizzlies will win every will win every time, but we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs>